Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 499th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time, we broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my low light of the week is yesterday's Tampa Bay Bucks game, where the Bucks got trounced by the San Francisco 49ers. As Tom Brady and the Bucks had one of their most disappointing efforts since the since the goat joined the team a few years ago and of course won the Super Bowl in his first year there this current edition of the Bucks is beyond vexing you know two miracle comebacks uh, of course most recently last Monday against the uh, you know against the New Orleans Saints when Brit Vintage Brady uh, basically got two scores within the last three minutes. And, of course, prior to that, they had made a 35-second drive or thereabouts to beat the, Ram- to beat the Rams. Uh, both games were at home at Raymond James Stadium, Ray J, as it's called here. And, of course, the first one after the Rams, they then went off to Munich, Germany, and looked really good, maybe their best game of the year since the opening win against the Cowboys way back when, another lifetime ago, it feels like. Um, and between the miracle victory over the Rams, followed by the win in Germany, it looked like, okay, here we go. They finally have it all together. And then, you know, then they don't. So there's just zero consistency. And, you know, yesterday's win really had to hurt Brady personally. I'm sure it stung. Uh, he had something that sounds like 80 to 100 tickets or thereabouts for friends and family. Of course, he grew up near San Francisco. He grew up in San Mateo, California, as a 49ers fan um, during their dynasty days, uh, Joe Montana era. And, you know, so he had all his friends and family watching. And again, uh, the 49ers just owned that game and you know Brady found Mike Evans early in the game for a a long touchdown pass that was called back by yet another holding penalty and so that was taken off the board and uh, clearly they never recovered from that Uh, that just set the tone and Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant uh, meaning the last person drafted in last year's draft uh, just looked great as he did when he came in when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt last week. Uh, but this was his first start, and there are just too many statistics to keep to, to follow. With uh, you know, I think he was the first. We'll start with one, which is just simply uh, it was the first time Brady had ever lost to a quarterback making his first start against him. Uh, but, you know, Brock Purdy looks great. I mean, he's, you know, he looked great yesterday. He looked great when he came off the bench when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt last week. And, <clears throat> you know, to state the obvious, you can't help but wonder if this is like uh, the beginning of a Tom Brady-like story. We all know Brady's story, drafted 199th, sixth round, passed over by everybody, including the 49ers, for five rounds. <laughs> um 
on and on and on it goes. But Brock Purdy, you couldn't ask for more than what he's given in this first two weeks, especially yesterday. I mean, it was a blowout. There is no other way to say it. The 49ers just looked so impressive. We knew their defense was good, but Brock Purdy had, I think, two touchdown passes and one run for a score. And they, they just looked uh, very, very impressive. So, But it's really back to the Bucks. I'm down here in the Tampa area, and it's all about the Bucks down here, obviously. And they have the good fortune of being in that division, uh, NFC South, which is just woeful. There is no other word. Uh, they could very easily – they're still leading the division by with a sub-500 record. So the and whoever wins that division, it's going to be somebody. Right now, the Bucks seem to be the leading candidate, despite everything going on with them. Uh, their inconsistency, uh, they would be hosting the playoff game as a division winner. We shall see. It's going to be fascinating. Well, my highlight of the week is watching the first ever overtime game in the storied Army Navy series, which goes back, I think, over 100 years. And the Army victory was set up by a Navy fumble in overtime. And Army quickly thereafter kicked the winning field goal. And the uh, Navy player who fumbled the ball was in literally agony on the sidelines, very emotional, as you would expect. And it really just brought up uh, the obvious of how emotional and meaningful this game is to uh, hundreds of thousands across the world, soldiers stationed elsewhere here in America, other countries, all of it. And of course the players, I was at the game, army Navy 2012, and that's the game where the army quarterback uh, was extremely emotional after the end of uh, at the end of that game when Army lost, and uh, so it was very reminiscent watching the Navy player. Um, but it was really just you know the usual hard-fought game. It's typically always just uh, certainly in recent years it's been really interesting and close games and emotional always. And uh, yeah, so again it was. Uh, you know, just a fascinating game to watch. It never, never, ever fails. And, of course, the pageantry associated with it is unmatched practically anywhere in sports. Um, with the, the, the flyby, there's flybys and then there's the there were flyovers. There's flyovers and then there's flyovers before the Army-Navy game, which were unbelievably impressive. And, of course, Philadelphia is basically the home of the Army-Navy game. Ninety-plus percent of the games have been played there, I believe. And... Uh, and that's where it was. So I think when it's played in Philly, it adds an extra layer of, uh, of you know, what the series is all about. Um, my bizarre story of the week is the Detroit Lions continuing their rise by beating the high-flying Vikings who clinched a playoff spot while losing to the... Uh, you know, while well, losing to the Lions. So it was a, an odd kind of day in that regard. Um, but the Lions are coming. And I think everybody who watched the Hard Knock series with Coach Dan Campbell of the Lions uh, are, are enjoying seeing. The guy brings so much emotion, and he's still bringing it, that's for sure. And uh, and I think the Lions have won five of their last six. It's, it's remarkable to watch, given their recent history or even longer than recent history. Um, so it's just a uh, another great NFL weekend and uh, and just never fails. And now we're getting into the good stuff. It's December. And uh, it's just going to be another fascinating end over the next few weeks to the NFL season. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hi, John. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, A.P., as always, you had another really exciting weekend Uh you were in the place that everybody wanted to be, so why don't you tell us all about it? Yeah, John, I had the pleasure of being at another Heisman Trophy event. Um, we arrived on Friday for the interviews at the Marriott Marquis Times Square. We met with the four candidates. John, something a little different this year, I think. I have to check all the records, but four quarterbacks from four distinct regions. So I was curious about the vote. I wanted to see if any of the quarterbacks won their region, dominated their region, uh, surpassed somebody in another region. So that's what I was waiting for at uh, the final tabulation on Saturday night. And um, as we know, Caleb Williams from the University of Southern California was the winner, and he won in all six regions, which I thought was uh, interesting. Very interesting. Um yeah, well, it feels like Caleb Williams, no surprise. His statistics were amazing. No. And, of course, it came to a bit of a crashing halt with the loss to Utah right. uh, in the Pac-10, right. Pac-12, whatever, championship game. Um, but, you know, he survived that as, as it relates to the Heisman. And, you know, I, I think I alluded to this in a couple earlier shows, AP. I mean, after I watched him in those final couple games, USC, UCLA, and uh, especially, I, I, he looked like the best player in the country to me. He really did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it was a wow when I really finally focused in on him. I remember him, of course, at Oklahoma. 
when he, you know, replaced Spencer Rattler and I had seen some other USC games, bits and pieces, but I, I, I think it worked out well. I think he was the deserving winner. Yeah, John, all the three, three of the quarterbacks lost their final game, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, Max Dugan, TCU, Caleb Williams, USC, Georgia yep. quarterback Stetson Bennett, the fourth was the only victorious one. He beat LSU in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Sure. But, um, he, he wasn't going to win the Aston Trophy. I didn't think so when he came no. in third in the South. Uh, I did was third in the South, and I believe C.J. Stroud was third in the Midwest. That was surprising. I was surprised that Max Dugan had the name recognition across the country. Coming Me too. Back. Yeah, I agree with that, AP. Um, you, you know, uh, TCU has been a little bit uh, of the unknown and, and whatnot, yet they've gotten people's attention by, you know, some of their comebacks during the year and the fact that, you know, they were undefeated until the uh, uh, championship game, Big 12. And, uh, right. But, yeah, yeah, it is a little surprising because he did not have – Really, the highest profile. I'll think, although I think his profile rose dramatically in the last couple of weeks, and certainly yes. with his performance, uh, you know, in the game against Kansas State, especially near the end when he was basically a one-man wrecking crew as from his quarterback position. Right. Yes, See, I think so too. Yeah, and API for one was. Very pleased to see that it was Steve Spurrier who presented the trophy. Um, as I talked about this show uh, on the show a while back, uh, a couple of months ago, I had stopped into Steve Spurrier's sports bar in Gainesville, which is fairly new, a couple years old maybe, and right. you know, got the chance to meet the old ball coach, and he could not have been more delightful and friendly, and. Uh, and, you know, I've just always been a fan going back to his, you know, when he won the Heisman back in the day, yeah. which is, of course, why he was there. Um, and so I was just really happy just to see him, you know, back on center stage, because uh, if to me, if ever someone deserves to be on center stage now and again, if not more, it's Steve Spurrier. He's just, uh, you know, a fascinating guy. And has been around yeah. Oh yeah, many, many yeah, decades. entertaining. Entertaining. That's a good word. So just yeah. nice to see him back in the spotlight, literally handing the trophy to uh, Caleb Williams. And AP, that's one of the secrets of the Heisman. You, you, you know, you know this better than me or than many other people. Uh, you know, there's something about the legends of the game, former Heisman winners that are in that room that is just magical. And I mean, you're there. Yeah. You would know. You would know exactly what that means. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's fun to see them, and I wish that they would let us speak to the whole group of them. You know, just give us like an hour, let's say sixty minutes. Put them in a room, all the ones who arrive on the weekend. Let us have a few moments with each one of them, if we could. Yeah, and just run a, run around and try to get speak to the ones that we choose, but. Sure, That's like, sort, done, but that would be fun. Yeah, sort of like NFL owners' meetings, where basically, uh, when they have their annual meeting, all and I've covered a few of them, all the coaches, uh, you, you know, sit at a different table, and there's so there's in effect thirty-two tables, and you know the media just runs around a room for an hour, yeah, just like you said, and you know just can sit down and ask these coaches any questions they desire and the coaches are very forthcoming it's not right. a one-on-one -on -one, but it's more often than not just a handful of people right. if anybody sitting at these tables and it's just really done well so i assume that's kind of what you're alluding to with the former heisman winners and that would be a really really cool thing to say the least yes yes it would yeah it sure would but Nonetheless, we get a chance to interview the four candidates twice, Friday and Saturday. Right. And then they bring back the winner on Saturday evening after the announcement. Okay. That's that's really cool, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's, so it's a great weekend. It's more than just the Saturday night at 8 p.m. televised, you know, award show. It's it's literally a whole weekend full of activities. And I've been to the Marriott Marquis. I've stayed there. Mm-hmm. It's a good, very cool place, to put it mildly, in the heart of Times Square. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure that really adds to the whole, you know, wonderful feeling that is exists for all and Clearly, for some of the candidates, you know, it's it's potentially their first visit ever to New York City, which brings a you know entire new element in and of itself. Yes, sometimes that's the case, uh, as I've experienced that myself with some of the candidates. Their families have never been, the players never been, so it's great that they're uh, able to make the trip. Right. And AP, it's a great day for the Northeast, too, because right down the road, literally a couple hours down the road from New York is, of course, Philadelphia, which was the Army-Navy game. And given it went to overtime for the first year ever in the history of the storied rivalry, um, which goes back, <laughs> I think, over 100 years, um, right. you, you know, you practically had them going back to back, <laughs> you know, the uh, end of the Army-Navy game. Uh, followed by the Heisman, <laughs> um, so that was <laughs> right. uh, just it made for an, made for a kind of a fun evening, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's just a great it, it, you know it's a great day for college football, and it's very simple, you know the Army Navy game, and for that matter the Heisman, they have the football stage to themselves. There are, are no other college games, as we all know, which is no to pay homage to the army Navy game, give them the stage. They deserve it. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, and then you mix in the Heisman on the very same day. And those two events have the national football stage to themselves. And it's really cool. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's great. It really is. And, uh, yeah, the Army Navy game was, you know, I'm guessing you didn't have a chance to catch it given you were involved with the Heisman and all that, but it was quite a game, AP. It really was. Yeah, no, it went back and forth and came down to the end, and I believe wasn't the kicker from Hawaii. Is that, is that That's correct. Down? Is that true? Yeah. The kicker was from Hawaii, and he was basically the star of the show after he kicked the winning kick and. His helmet was off and teammates and cadets mobbing him. And then, of course, the emotion of the Navy player who fumbled in overtime to set up Army for the winning field goal. Uh, his right. emotion was amazing. I alluded to this in the opening segment, AP. I was at the – I covered the 2012 Army-Navy game in Philly, and uh, that was a game memorable. You know, where the Army quarterback after Army loss was extremely emotional. And it just reminded me so much of that. Um, so, yeah, so it was just a, uh, you know, an emotion filled game. Army was kind of going nowhere uh, throughout much of the first yeah. half. And then they blocked a punt, recovered it in the end zone for a touchdown and on a really cool play mm-hmm. where the, the Army player, like, it, he grabbed it in the middle of the end zone, but then it sort of fell out of his hands, headed to the back, and he was able to corral it while purposely recognizing exactly where he was, which was right up against the end line and lifting his feet so that they did not touch the end line. Therefore, it would not have been a touchdown. It would have been a safety, I believe. So that was just a really cool like play, to say the least. And boy, it just got better and better from there, AP. I mean, that's how it ended the first half with the uh, block punt. But then the second half was just uh, the usual emotion-filled slugfest, um, given the way these two teams play, and especially when they're playing each other. It's it's really cool. Right. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they play very hard, they sure. Yeah, they never really gets do. old, AP. It just never gets and old. No, no. I'd like to cover that game, but it's always during the highs, and so... Right. It makes it difficult. Oh, no doubt about it. And next year, by the way, I believe it's at, uh, I'm quite sure about this because I got an email from the Patriots about this. Uh, uh, the Army Navy game next year is in Boston for the first time ever. Oh. I'm pretty 
comfortable saying that. It's at Gillette Stadium, wow. of course, where the Patriots play. And, oh, uh, yeah, December 8th, I believe, is the day, um, certainly that weekend. And it's really cool. Wow. I, I, I'm quite sure. I think there was one in the Rose Bowl. I know there's been one, if not more, in D.C. I think there's been maybe one in the Meadowlands in Jersey. But mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying, without doing any research, that it's the first one ever in New England. Um, so yeah, I think that's... I, gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yes, John. Yeah. I, I can say that I feel almost definitively. So it's really cool. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, that'll be something to uh, circle the calendar up in Boston for next year because the Army-Navy game, as you would well expect, brings <laughs> a whole lot of people into town from across the world. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Yeah, to say the least. Um, and my belief is, you know, I could be wrong on this, but my belief has always been, you know, the, the roots in it, typically being in Philadelphia almost like 90% of the years, is because it's halfway, be- sort of halfway between Annapolis and West Point. Could be wrong about that. Right. But I, 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 that's, I'm thinking the same, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but it, it makes sense, number one. And it feels like somewhere along the line I may have read that, and it makes just perfect sense. So it's uh, Philly's typically the host. Uh, and the game I covered was in Philly, and frankly, AP, I went out of my way. I almost waited an extra year or two, I think, to go to the game for my one and only time when it was actually going to be in Philadelphia because that, to me, just brings, you, you know, that city knows how to put on an Army Navy game. That's for sure. <laughs> Very experienced. Right. <laughs> right. Oh yes, yes. So. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, that would be something to cover that. Yeah, it would be. I highly recommend it. Um, it's really uh, something special. Um, well, AP, we've come to the end of our first segment together. Great job. Uh, informing our listeners of what it's like to be at the Heisman and Heisman weekend in New York City during the holidays adds an extra level of coolness, shall we say. But uh, it is time for a break. I know you're sticking around on the line with us, and uh, we have a lot more to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Jim and Trevor are going to find out which hunters have been naughty or nice this week on The Revolution as they prepare for an outdoor winter celebration. Joining the hunting festivities is wild man Hal Schaefer of Drop Zone, the Kansas Catman Cat Daddy, and the James Beard-nominated chef and host of Feral on Outdoor Channel, Yia Vang. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show which america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent the last segment discussing your covering live the Heisman Trophy Presentation and weekend in New York City where Caleb Williams of USC uh, was awarded the Heisman and deservedly so. We also touched on the Army-Navy game. But of course, as always in the first segment, I talked some NFL football, but I didn't get a chance to cover everything. And AP, what is just developing and is, you know, more and more each week as the story of the year is... You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, the one lost Philadelphia Eagles, and in particular, Jalen Hurts, who, as you and I discussed during the break, he has a strong chance, and right now I'd say he's the strong favorite, to win the Heisman Trophy. And his development as a quarterback has been so impressive. Uh, Started kind of in college and now has continued, and he seems to get better each week, AP. Oh yeah, yeah. You meant you meant the MVP, John. Not he came in second in the Heisman. Jalen did, which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, you meant the MVP. Sure. Yeah. I mean, John, I'll just give you my perspective. When Jalen arrived, you know, he was the most valuable player as a freshman on offense mm-hmm. uh, in the Southeastern Conference. But you know, he had some help from the defensive side with that team because they had 15 non-offensive touchdowns. So that's uh, that's more than some teams scored uh, all year. Believe it or not. Sure. So he was the MVP, and then he, sophomore year, he uh, regressed a little bit, I think, but uh, it, it was noticeable that he wasn't as accurate as some of some quarterbacks. And then Alabama brought in a quarterback coach, made him, I think, a little bit better passer, and then he was relegated to the bench behind Tua, came into that SEC championship game, and Tua was injured, and he uh, had to come back against Georgia to win. The SEC is kind of a story, but ending for him his last game at Alabama, you know, he appeared in, um, I don't know if he got it. He might have got in some of the, the uh, uh, college football players too. But then he moved on to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. We know Lincoln Riley has quarterbacks that have won the highest men and did some good things with him. And when I when he was at Alabama, I just thought he was not uh, uh, going to be a pro prospect, maybe get a trial. That's what I thought. He'll get a trial, probably mm-hmm. be on the reserve squad, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he'll be a backup. You know, maybe that's the level that he would reach. But, I mean, he just was, you know, went to Philadelphia, and they, there was always whispers that they needed to pick up somebody else besides Jalen Hurts because he's not the answer. And he just kept getting better and better and better, and here we are. But, you know, like I said, I think he's just leading candidate for the MVP of the NFL. I agree, AP. You know, I always think that, you know, when he was, again, uh, you know, he was a starter, and then Tua came in the national championship game uh, and then won it with that famous pass at the end. And then Tua got hurt the next year, and uh, Jalen Hurts uh, subbed for him and helped win the SEC championship game with a sterling performance off the bench. And I always remember thinking as I was watching him, win that game at the end in the SEC championship game 
how far Jalen Hurts had come as a quarterback. He almost looked like a different guy from when he had been the starter. Because, you know, he, he, was, he, he always was and still is a fantastic runner. He adds new, you know, new meaning to the word mo- a mobile quarterback. And, uh, and but, but now he's, you know, just become such a good passer. And that's what I noticed way back when, a couple of years ago in that SEC championship game. And then, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's really nice to see. And, and he's also just a tremendous leader, AP. And I'm guessing that's always been there from day one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a, he is a tremendous leader. There's no question. People gravitate to him. They they like him in the locker room. I, I think that's what I've heard. Um, you know, not everyone's going to like you, John, but Correct. you can get the majority to be on your side and you have a chance, right? You have a chance. Yes. Yes. So, and I'm reminded. Uh, go ahead, AP. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm saying you have a chance to, to, to lead your team and be successful because you have to have everyone pulling the same way. I mean, Correct. Just to even be considered, and and uh, you know to have to have the odds in your favor. I mean, you can't have people going and uh, have different mind, different different thought process, and how something should be achieved. And you got to be on the same page. It's, you have to have that unity, that singleness of purpose. Exactly. Exactly. No, you know, he when you have a quarterback like him he's almost you know an extension of the coach in so many ways um and that that is the highest compliment you can pay any quarterback and i think there's that would apply to you know tom brady during his years with the patriots as well and uh and yeah ap he's uh you know and i'm i'm reminded if i have this right that back around the time of the draft uh the owner of the Eagles, Jeffrey Laurie, was insistent that the Eagles draft Jalen Hurts. And I believe that may, you know, and they already had Carson Wentz, who was an MVP candidate before he got hurt, and a very, very high draft pick with the Eagles, as we all remember. And I, if I'm remembering it all correctly, it may have even played a role in uh, Jeffrey, in Doug Peterson, you know, being let go by the Eagles. Uh, and I, right. Does that story ring a bell with you? Yeah, it kind of does. It kind of resonates to some degree, John. It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that might've been I, the case. Yeah. I don't know the details, but I, I feel like there was a story floating around about that time. And, uh, but AP then, you know, that brings us, you know, obviously Jalen hurts to, and Mac Jones will always be, uh, connected because they were all in the roster at the same time as Alabama was winning national championships. And uh, so Tua did not have his best game last night. And unfortunately, that no. occurred on a night when Justin Herbert, who has been off all year since that shoulder injury in game two, he finally looked like the Justin Herbert that we saw in his rookie year and we have been expecting to see this year. And so that was a great game last night. Uh, and, you know, but Tua did, uh, Tua and the Dolphins did lose, and Tua did not have his best game. And after the Dolphins have been lighting it up, as we know, uh, this year on offense. Uh, so just interesting to note, um, you know, suffice it to say, Tua's having a great year, too, <laughs> um, obviously. Right. But kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John, his, his accuracy was lacking for sure last night. I think it was yep. 10 passes completed, maybe of 25, 28, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not good. It was, had to be one of his worst days. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and again, I, I think a lot of it just had to do with, you know, there was because Herbert suddenly found himself or re- fully recovered right. from the shoulder to become himself right. again. Uh, you know, just had an effect on things. And um, also, Mac Jones, AP, tonight, the Patriots, who are just outside the, uh, you know, the the playoff wild cards. Uh, yes. Patriots and Mac Jones play at Arizona on Monday Night Football. Last time we saw the Patriots, it was not good, where the 
Buffalo no. Bills just uh, beat them pretty badly in Gillette Stadium, dominated them actually. So yeah, Mac Jones, uh, you know, up and down year for him to be kind, and we'll see where that goes. Yes. But I think everybody's interested to see how he and the Patriots both do tonight. Yeah, yeah, John, this is a crucial game for them. What, the, the Arizona, are they in contention at all, John? Arizona. AP, I'm not even sure. I, I I would say that, you know, it hasn't been their best year, especially factoring in expectations. I don't think so either. I, yeah, I don't think so either. So that's a winnable game for the Patriots. I think and, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I think, John, you know, when you watch Mac Jones or any of these quarterbacks, we've seen it in co- at the collegiate level. Bryce Young at Alabama, his yardage is a couple thousand less. And last year exactly. we won the Heisman. Of course, they played more games, but I mean that's a significant number. You're saying, well, did he regress as a quarterback? I say the answer is no. I mean, he he made some terrific plays for them. When you don't have the receivers that can turn a ten yard pass to a twenty, thirty, forty, you know, eighty yard pass. There is a difference. You have to drive the field, and that means no mistakes. Exactly. In Alabama, for instance, that team they had games of fifteen, eighteen penalties. I mean, the Patriots. Uh, I mean. They don't have any all-star type receivers. They uh, have a good tight end, right? Uh, pretty good tight end, but um, I don't have any all-star type receivers. So you've got to drive the field. Everything's got to be perfect. Exactly. Exactly, AP. And uh, yeah, and you know Matt Patricia, who's been uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's apparently uh, you know <clears throat> directing the offense. So there's been a lot of chatter about that. But we shall see. Right. Tonight is going to be an interesting game. Um, and uh, looking forward to watching that one, too. Way P, come to the end of our second segment together. Uh, we still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's New England Patriots at Arizona Cardinals game, Monday Night Football on ESPN. We discussed it in the previous segment. And AP, uh, you know, back to what we always love to talk about here is college football. And AP, you know, with the Heisman and the Army-Navy game behind us, you know, what lies ahead is, uh, of course, bowl games, college football playoff. And suddenly what appears to be a new part of this time of year in college football, which is the transfer portal. And it feels like, AP, suddenly there's... uh, you know, a spate of players entering the transfer portal and, uh, and you know, pretty significant players, to, to say the least. Yeah, John, uh, it's, it's significant because the quarterback of Notre Dame is going to transfer, Clemson, um, Oklahoma State, uh, Alabama has, for instance, 12 players uh, at least transferring some receivers, some offensive linemen. So those are, uh, I think the numbers last year, John, was in the, I think it's either 25 or 3,000 range. I think it's going to be even more this year. And that's that window they have from last Monday of December 5th until I think it's January 18th, about 45 days. About 45 days, John, yeah. 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 Okay, well, you, you just clarified it, AP. I- this has happened because there is a window that opens up just last week, and uh, and hence, you know, the number of players uh, entering it. Their seasons have, for the most part, ended. Many of them, or you know, at least their regular seasons, and uh, and so they figured it was just a good time to enter and get their name out there and get the show on the road, so to speak. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's the new world we live in. Between that and name, in, name, image, and likeness, uh, seismic changes in college football, and now the transfer portal. We know how it works, AP. You know, there's so many good quarterbacks out there, more than one or two, and in many cases, uh, six or eight. Never forget Tom Brady. I believe was the. Uh, Eighth on the depth chart when he went to Michigan. <laughs> um, right, right, right. Yeah, so that, that's, that that's significant with all these people transferring, and it's really correct. Uh, change the program. We saw USC come to the forefront and, um, you know, be able to make a push to be in the championship game of the Pac-12. So it was really um, something that's game-changing, transforming the program, the the coaches' fortunes, the you know, the alumni are excited about it and everything. So it's it's really something uh, unique in college football. And it really is, AP. I mean, you know, and I think the really good example of this would be Spencer Rattler, who lost his job to Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner at mm-hmm. Oklahoma. He, he then transfers to South Carolina. Uh Shall we say, you know, it's been okay, but not great, uh, except until the last two games where he basically looked amazing in beating, I believe it was Tennessee and then certainly Clemson um, in his last two games. And he looked like unstoppable as if like the light bulb went on as he led them to two resounding victories, to put it mildly. 
So you know, right, that's the right. type of thing that can happen. Yeah, that's a good example, I think. Yeah, it took a lot of, most of the season for him to grasp that offense, and then he was on fire those last couple of games. And now they're in the bowl game, playing Notre Dame. We had their tran- quarterback transfer, so it'd really be nice for South Carolina if they want to finish the season three games in a row and, and beating Notre Dame. They've only played three or four times. They'll get a big crowd at Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl. Those fans will be excited. And they'll be looking forward to the next season. Exactly. And again, I just think that is just what I'll call, you know, a recent example of like how things can turn around and, you know, in a hurry and, uh, and just simply, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, you know, his last two games and now he, he I think he needs to do it again in the bowl game <laughs> to say right. his stock has risen as a potential NFL quarterback, or I don't know if he's eligible to return. And if he is, you know, at South Carolina, you know, they'll be viewed quite positively heading into next season based on their last couple of games and see if they continue with that same level of play in the bowl game. But to me, you know, he he might even become, you know, sort of the, uh, just the classic example of, of, a transfer portal person. Uh, and it's rooted in the fact that it takes time to get used to a new team for many players. It just does, especially quarterbacks. So that's what maybe have happened here where again, the light bulb went on after eight or so games and, uh, it'll be fun. But yeah, AP there's, you know, the way it works is, you know, two blue chip high school players competing against each other to get the, uh, QB one job at any given college and one gets it, one doesn't. And the one who doesn't these days is very likely to transfer period. So, yeah, so it's, uh, simply the way it goes in this world of college football today and great show as always AP appreciate you joining us. And as always, thank you all for listening to all around sports and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.